Welcome to a new week, everyone. I'm excited as is my co-host. This is episode 15 of TV Channeling. How are you, my friend? I am doing great, Tachi. How are you? Oh, I'm lovely. And I know you like to get right into the nitty gritty, but I had to ask you how you were. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm happy to hear about how you're doing. You sound great. Oh, oh, I am great, brother. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, okay, so let's get right into it, shall we? Yes. Episode 15, though. I'm really excited. Okay, now I can't believe it. We are at, (laughs) we're, we're deep into the double digits already. I know, I know, but doesn't it seem like we should be at episode 25 already? I don't know why, (laughs) but (laughs) it's just that we've had enough, uh, Stuff for 25 episodes. That's probably Oh my god, there's been so much. The Basically, we, we could not have picked a more turbulent time to start a podcast about television. And God forbid we talk about politics. Just the world has, has been exploding ever since we started doing this show. And speaking of politics and explosions, or maybe implosions. A little bit I of both. Some, a, a little bit of both. <laughs> So let's 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 address the pink elephant in the room. Bill O'Reilly is out. He's gone from Fox. He all of the allegations and I'm I there's still alleged quote unquote and you have to say that as a responsible journalist <laughs> but wink wink we know <laughs> <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> exactly wink wink nudge nudge we see you well okay. the funny thing is do we even do we even the, the whole idea that we're still using have to use terms like allegedly because we don't want to be sued but um, does anybody remember the tape the infamous tape of the of him uh the that woman recorded him sexually harassing her so we kind of we we got an idea firsthand of what it what uh sexual harassment from uh one bill o'reilly sounds like Okay, so there is apparent evidence <laughs> that this is actually the case. Oh, because you're not gonna come and sue me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So, so I want to get. I have some some updates to this. This is a continuing saga. So Tuesday, we found out that Bill O'Reilly was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, I, I think it was Tuesday. Right. So I think it was just it might happen, and then it happened. Basically, Fox is tired of paying off people to be quiet or settling things out of court. This is what it looks like. Okay, what no, Tachi, you- you're being incredibly generous. No, they're not. T- they weren't tired of that, and they were they were happy to pay chick after chick after chick. What they weren't happy about was the fact that advertisers finally started to pull out oh. at uh, at uh, at the very end. Um, they were able to only sell less than four minutes of ad time per episode with not with other uh, advertisers not only threatening to pull out of the O'Reilly factor, they were threatening to take their advertising off of the Fox network, uh, Fox News network period so that was why it came to an end. If it weren't for that they'd be they'd be writing checks to chicks right now do you hear oh, me oh kevin right no i agree now. i i 100 agree i think the thing that put the nail in the coffin was the fact that advertisers pulled out because at the end of the day advertising is what runs 
media, whether it's an antiquated model or not, if you don't have people advertising on air during the course of a show, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm going to laugh because I don't care for this individual. I think he's vile. I think he has the sense of a flea and he doesn't have good upbringing, no home training. And it's clear Clear, clear, clear. And clearly the people who watched and followed him have no upbringing and no home training either because that he is your God. So now your God has fallen. <laughs> Where's your Messiah now? That's all I have to say. All right. You know what? <laughs> no, what? Don't, don't even use the word Messiah because um, I am not so sure that this man is not going to rise from the ashes. And I'm going to tell you how it's probably going to happen. Bill O'Reilly's audience never left. Uh, just just like when Donald Trump said that he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth, Fifth Avenue and the people that support him would like cheer and not have any problem with him shooting a nun in the face. Um, that's the same way Bill O'Reilly's people are. And the advertisers left, but the viewers didn't. So how do you what do you do when you're somebody that has a a a, a, a huge following? Uh that will not go away no matter what you get caught doing uh but you don't have advertisers you cut out the middleman and you get the audience pays for you directly not through advertising and that's what i think is going to happen remember even sarah palin uh did this to a lesser extent she came up with her own network that you could pay for on uh the internet to have access to all the pearls of wisdom that she had to offer <laughs> That and, dummy. <laughs> and so Glenn Beck uh, did the same thing, and um, and now he has the Blaze Network. So I, I, everybody who's basically dancing a jig and singing "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead." Um, again, since so you mentioned resurrection and Easter just passed, I don't think that we have heard the last of uh, one Bill O'Reilly. I'm not. Cl I'm not claiming that at all. I know there are a bunch of pea-brained fools behind him just waiting to support him more because, okay, so let's talk about it in terms of the numbers. The last O'Reilly factor was on April 11th and that drew 3.6 million, okay, viewers for the last... So clearly, the audience has not gone anywhere. In, in fact, that was like a slight increase and I think the whole thing is also people want to see, well, what is he going to do? So I think there's a little bit of that as well, not just the, the, the normal or the regulars, also the people who may want to see him crash and burn or wanted to witness the what they thought was the end of the witch. <laughs> so uh, I think there was a little bit of that as well. So, but uh, you're absolutely right. This is not the end of it. If there is an audience somewhere, there will be a conduit for this audience to hear. Here's the thing, though. It's not going to be anywhere near as robust or anywhere n near as well-funded, I should say, as when you go the quote-unquote traditional route. Now, that, that could change. There could be a whole bunch of people. But look at the base. Look at the base of people who listen to him. It's not... It's not all middle America, but a lot of it is middle America. For how long do you think these people want to support you and what you're doing with their own money? Oh, yeah, no, that's the real question. Are, are people willing to pay? I think there's clearly a, a, a part of his audience's constituency that is willing to pay to hear what he has to say. But there is a lot of people that, that do want to hear what he has to say, but they're not willing to pay $10 a month to hear it. 
Hell no. They're not going to do that because, okay, here we go. With these skinny bundle things, you may be already paying for uh, some entertainment services, no matter what it is. And then, so, this is just another one. Do I love you that much that I'm going to pay? Probably not. So, the real question is going to be when we see that audience drop off, when you say, well, now you have to pay to do this. You know, because you're never, look, here, these people... These uh, Tommy Lawrens and all these deplor I will call them baskets of deplorables. Hear me roar. You are all <laughs> and deplorable. And you're not going to be president either, Tanchi. Huh? You're not going to be elected president either, Tanchi. Do you think I give two dams? I really Using don't. The term basket of deplorables. We know how well that went over the last time. Exactly. And well, let me borrow it from her then. <laughs> basket of deplorables. All of you are absolutely deplorable. I, I, you are never ever going to be able to get reputable, solid advertisers on your side again because you say things with such venom and vile. And my thing is like, why are you so worried about these things? Because all of these people who have so much to say are being paid millions. So it makes me think, is this all an act? Are you keeping this up so you can uh, massage the lowest common denominator of your constituency and keep that up? (sighs) That's low. That means you're not genuine. Because there's too much at stake. What advertisers don't want to do is risk the masses that they would get that could possibly buy their product or use their service for your ass. That's what they're not going to do. So if they thought that they could get back in the good graces with people, and here's the thing, because they're not sorry. They're not Bill O'Reilly is not sorry. He's sorry he got caught. That's it. And he was uh, he was supported for so long by Fox News. Like you said, they really don't care. And they would have kept cutting check after check after check. At this point, it's $13 million. It's only because advertisers pulled out. So there's no remorse. They're not sorry. And when you have the highest office in the land behind you, this uh, Voldemort said he didn't see anything wrong with what he did. Not that he didn't do it. That he didn't see anything wrong with what he did. Of course you don't, Voldemort, because you're the same damn way, you deplorable. Oh yeah, he's doing the exact same thing. But you know what? One of the things I thought found just incredibly poetic about the whole thing was the day that uh, Fox announced that he was uh, being let go. Um, what was he doing? He was in Italy being pictured with the Pope. I don't give it two dams if you are Irish Catholic or whatever. Don't you dare use the papacy to up to uplift and uphold your foolishness yeah i don't think that that was an accident that he was basically being photographed with the pope at the time that he was the most under fire exactly so the the bottom line is and the moral of the story is god don't like ugly (laughs) so (laughs) that's what you get well are we gonna talk about the money part of it yeah, so let's go into the money part of it, and that's that's the update. So everybody knows what happened with this. So now, just uh, just yesterday, I believe, yeah, it was just yesterday, he is actually going to be paid. He's got an exit deal. Up to $25 million is his exit deal. So actually, that $25 million is just equi- is actually equivalent to the four-year deal that he finalized earlier this year with Fox News. So basically, how's this for pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? He's going to get twenty-five up to $25 million, but he doesn't have to do anything. So what he would have done over four years, now he just gets all the money. He doesn't have to do a damn thing. Okay, this is what, what's, what's really amazing to me about this whole thing is 
he was in the process of negotiating uh, his latest deal with Fox uh, News with an anvil on a kite string hanging over his head. Everybody knew that the New York Times was working on a blockbuster story about his sexual harassment past. And they negotiated with him, waiting to find out what was going to happen with the New York Times. Whoever signed off on letting him have another full contract of four years and if and, and written into it, if he is let go before those the the uh, before those years pass, that he would get all of his salary. What nut job agreed to that? It's like I'm sorry, you were going to be on a month to month basis until after this whole thing with New York Times blows over. Then we will do a longer deal. Oh. They were incredibly stupid. I don't okay. understand why heads of everybody that was in the back office, everybody who's a lawyer that works at Fox, should just everybody should go. I, I just I can't well, believe that they signed a deal like that. They're all in cahoots. So here's the thing. They signed a deal like that. They knew what was happening. They knew what was probably going to come down the pipeline, but they thought they could beat it. Yeah, they the weathered the storm thing... like they had in the past. Yes, like they had in the past. But you we'll know what just... the difference is, Tachi, and the reason why I won't I won't give I won't cut them any slack is they just went through the whole Roger Ailes thing. So it's a different climate than it was in the past when when he, when the, when he's dodged past all the other women that that uh uh that said that he had harassed them. He was able to, to just you, walk Kevin. right past all of them. But uh Roger Ailes wasn't able to walk past anymore and he finally got shown the door. And so why would they think that they were gonna be it was gonna be the exact same kind of thing that it had played out before? Everybody had their eye on Fox, everybody had their knives and forks out looking to, uh, you know, go deeper into this because everybody knew that Roger Ailes had put forward this whole kind of atmosphere where it was open season on women at Fox News. Okay, but this is the thing. This is what I'm telling you. They're this delusional and think that their power is that absolute that they thought it was going to fly for a cup for a couple of reasons. The main thing being, Roger Ailes was not an on-air personality. Roger Ailes was administration there. Okay, so that type of thing you could see. All right, you get rid of administration, but nothing is going to happen to No Riley because he brings in too much money for us. So it'll be fine. It'll blow over. We don't have to do anything. Let's just wait and see because he was he's valuable to them in terms of ratings and in terms of ad dollars but as soon as that dried up bro you got to go then that's <laughs> when they discovered that he was just like uh, roger ailes in terms of no, of no value no riley is of no value to them I, I still say whoever signed off on that deal and didn't say you know what we're gonna wait on setting up we're gonna wait on doing a long-term deal we will do a deal for one year and uh at the absolute most or basically you know it should have been like a month-to-month basis until this uh, new york times article comes out and then we will basically settle up this is similar to the whole thing with bully bush when um mm-hmm. his stuff came out and i didn't feel sorry for nbc because they knew what kind of person he was they just knew that we didn't know what kind of person billy bush was even though i suspected but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> until it became official 
<laughs> but they, that was they, official. You're a uh, bleep bleep bleep. Yeah. Anyway, so but when that happened, they had to pay him the same exact kind of thing. He got paid his full Today Show. They had just signed that huge deal for him and that multi year deal. So he basically to to see to for him to go, they basically had to cut him a check for his like five years worth of salary. Here you go, and you know, good luck in your future endeavors. But do you Kevin, need luck when you just when somebody gives you a twenty five million dollar check? Do you need any luck? I don't think you do. Kevin, not to get into politics here, but there's a whole other world as to why this is the case. Do you notice anything in common between these individuals who have basically just been kind of tapped on the wrist for what they did? Do you notice anything Um, That they need a really high SPF sunblock? Yes, yes. That they are melanin deficient. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And when you are a melanin deficient male, you have certain privileges, let's say rights and privileges that the rest of us don't have. So if this was any one of us pulling this type of rubbish any place, we would have been shown the door. That doesn't have to be true. We would have been shown the door. And so that is the type of atmosphere that often exists in the, you know, this is still corporate that exists in these media companies where you don't feel like you have uh, immunity of any kind from these types of things if you are uh, if you are a melanated person. But if you're non-melanated and you're valuable enough to the network, they'll put up with your uh, your rubbish until the advertisers pull uh, pull out. Well, also, I think it has something to do with, I mean, I I was shocked that when the whole thing with Roger Ailes uh, went down, that basically the Dragon Slayer turned out to be Megyn Kelly. So the fact that, uh, you know, she felt uncomfortable and and stuff had been, you know, kind of done to her, that, you know, so I I do think in, in, you know, and she needs a super high SPF. So I think that this is basically a male thing. Well, uh, a, I wouldn't say super, I'm not going to say it's just a male, male thing. thing. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to disagree with you. There, it is a it is a powerful rich male thing, but it uh, you do have to put melanin in it. Because but you know, okay, but no, now Tachi, let's look, okay. If, if you're going to go there, we got we got to okay. talk about uh, the uh, the Jello pudding in the room. We got to talk about Bill Cosby. <laughs> How many years did that man do what he was up to? Um, and, you know, he could use a very low SPF uh, sunblock. And he skated for, look at how many decades he managed to skate. And and it wasn't like no one ever said anything. A few women did say something, but it just kind of got swept under the rug. And he kept right on being America's favorite dad. You're right. However, think about it now. If this was, if he was not as valuable to whoever, do you think he would have been able to go this long with, without it? Oh no! It's all about basically making money. So if if you are if you make money for the company, they will pretty much cover up anything they possibly can to keep keep their cash cow alive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I still do think that there is there is a part of it that because when you look at it. it most of the wealth in term that type of wealth is not held by melanated people. So you can't put it on. It is a powerful thing on one end, a male power thing on one end. But there's simply not enough examples of of non 
uh, of people that are melanated, men that are melanated, where this is a constant thing always happening to say, okay, this is the case. When you're talking about that level and that echelon, when we have more examples, perhaps I can say, all right. Well, I think that also when it comes down to is I think if, if I actually think of it more as a male versus female thing. I mean, how that many too. cases I'm not saying it never happens, but how many times are we hearing cases about where women in power are uh, sexually harassing men or uh, ogling men or basically tell them, you know, if you want to basically keep your job, you're going to have to basically uh, loosen that tie, so to speak. <laughs> and you know I, it does happen i'm sure there are documented instances where this does happen but again just like the example i gave the amount of women in these positions are not as many as the men so you don't have enough enough in terms of examples to make blanket statements if that makes any sense so when we find more examples of that then i can talk about it no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I do think that it's a it's more of it's it's more of a male phenomenon than it is a female one. I think we are at this point. Yeah. I, obviously, I'm not saying that there's parity uh, between women and men executives, but I think we have enough at this point. I mean, okay, let's look at politicians. I mean, how many times is there a husband standing next to a wife as she basically apologizes for uh, you know? Uh, sexually harassing or having an affair with uh some copy boy how often are oh. we seeing that i can don't i think, tell you I can't never think of one because the man will be up and oh hell no you didn't do bye i'm gone the man will be up and out you know this is the case kevin <laughs> that's my point so i'm saying but, but, but the point is we're not even even with the man leaving we're not seeing is we're not seeing those scandals where these where female politicians are being brought down by uh some temporary some new temp guy that was that winked at them and they're like yeah let's goo and so they're <laughs> they're not being brought down but man after man after man has been brought down uh by their uh let's say libidos but lack of self-control, <laughs> okay? <laughs> that's your lack of self And that's something that I never understood. My thing is, if you don't want to be married, bloody hell, don't be married. Stop messing up everybody else's lives and things like that. Just stop. Get, well, I, get a I divorce think, you know don't what? marry. I think that maybe that'll end when we, whenever, uh, the United States has been around for, you know, more than a few years now. We have never had a single president. So when we ever get to the point where we're cool with having a president who is unmarried, then I think that we won't have any more of these scandals. Uh, people don't seem to trust politicians that are not married. They want that picture of uh, a happy husband and wife and these an adorable, you know, uh, catalog purchased children. So until and Voldemort we get to and family embody all of that, right? What'd you say? I said Voldemort and family embody all of that, right? Exactly. And so, oh my God. And oh. <laughs> we're getting super political to this. We episode, are. But, we but try but not what I to. Love is, what I my favorite thing is, uh, and, and I'm prepared for the hate. Melania always looks like she is a hostage. She's always, her eyes always look like, help me. Help me. <laughs> Did you see that meme that, uh, you know, how uh, Melania or Melanoma, whatever her name is, gave. Um, uh, Michelle Obama a present and it was like a Tiffany's box obviously you could tell and so on one side there was a picture of her giving her the t Tiffany's box and the probably said, said help on. 
it was a note inside that said help me <laughs> because she does she looks super uncomfortable all the time she looks like she does not want to be there and clearly she doesn't because she stays her behind in new york with her son up in the trump tower all the time well Sorry. the truth is she did let to be fair she didn't sign up for this she a she this was not part of the bargain that she made when she uh you know uh yes the hell it was wagon to his star she did not think this was gonna happen i don't even think he thought i i just, clearly the way the whole the whole the first hundred days have gone clearly show there was absolutely no preparation none of them planned for him to be elected no no one had a clue what to do once it actually happened so i get i don't blame her for being like how the why i'm the first lady how the hell did this happen and clearly she 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 doesn't know because she hasn't done a damn thing in terms of an agenda. Remember, you're supposed to do that. But here's the thing. She did sign up for this. When you married a man for his money, if that's what you did, you sign up for every stupid, dastardly thing that he does. And she knows him. You've been married for God how, knows how long now. You know how he is. He does what he likes, when he likes, and does not confer with you about it, probably. So Tachi, you knew... How can you say that you uh, you know she married him for love of uh, that incredible personality that sexual magnetism yeah. that's what drew her into him I don't, I don't even think that she knew he even had any money she probably didn't even know he had a job My stomach is beginning to turn <laughs> <laughs> That was that was a love match well, you know, oh, we know what? I will give Melania credit for one thing. She said one of the one of the best things I have ever heard, and this was well well before um, he was running for president. And I'm like, this is a this is a cool chick because she put this reporter in his place. What I couldn't believe is uh, during the interview, an interviewer actually had the nerve to ask her, "Would you have married Donald Trump if he weren't as rich as he is?" And her response was. Do you think he would have married me if I didn't look like this? And I was like, damn, she wasn't holding a mic. But if she was, she would have dropped it. I was like, okay, yes. So, yes, this is a bargain. Yes, he wouldn't be with her if she wasn't smoking hot. And she wouldn't be with him if he weren't crazy rich. Well, you know what the deal is then. I don't know what the uh, what the parameters of your arrangement are but you do know this he does what he likes when he likes you you, you should know this by now and oh, no, I, oh no i understand that but but yeah. i still think that she she like a lot of americans didn't think that this country was gonna be make such a huge tremendous Probably. mistake and and choose someone to be their president who clearly had absolutely no idea about what it takes to be president and had absolutely no plans or actual achievable agenda i mean the best quote he's had is just like who knew that uh health care was such a complicated thing it's like um everybody but apparently you <laughs> so you know when your uh leisure reading is highlights for children that's an indication <laughs> okay okay tachi we need to start channeling more tv and like let's put this to bed Let's put this to bed. I, I will say, though, let in, in continuation of this to the TV end of it, it's there is still a factor. It's now called the factor. It's no longer the O'Reilly factor. So they did not get rid of the show simply because he's gone. I guess one monkey does not stop, stop the show. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> they're like, bye. And they kept going. So they had 3.3 million viewers last night on the factor, making it the most watched 8 PM show on Fox news since Bill O'Reilly left on April 11th. And that was 3.6 million, as I said. So it's uh, interesting that it's still going. It is the, it's called the factor. And I guess it's the same type of stuff. Just sans, O'Reilly. Or yeah, it's now hosted by Tucker uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker is going to be the regular host. The question yep. is, will he be able to maintain that over the long haul? I'm sure people tuned in to hear what they what Tucker Carlson was going to say about this scandal, if anything. So that's I think the the question. Let's look at this a week or two in and see if he's able to hold on to O'Reilly's audience. Oh, that's a good that's a good point. I don't care. So we're going to go on <laughs> to, <laughs> and talk about some Peabody Award winners. So the Peabody Award winners were announced and two of them, you know, speaking now of uh, diverse voices and trying to television has gotten really uh, much better in terms of inclusive voices. There's still a way to go, but it's gotten better. So Atlanta and Beyonce's Lemonade got Peabody Awards prestigious yeah absolutely absolutely it was a net they were announced just yesterday and they were among the seven entertainment winners uh both projects were amongst the 60 previously announced finalists for this award and it is really prestigious um and it's supposed to represent the most compelling and empowering stories that were released in electronic media during 2016 so that really says a lot if uh uh, lemonade and atlanta and i understand why uh i understand why they're both very complex even though you know on the surface it may not seem like it there's a lot in there i mean the next time somebody sends me a lemonade syllabus or a think piece about lemonade when like what i kept getting those because you know as a as an academic you see this all the time i'm like okay Stop sending me think pieces on lemonade. <laughs> I I just want to experience it. But it, it's very deep and it speaks volume. Both of the programs or both of the media content, it, they speak volumes. So fantastic. Okay, I have to ask, can you, uh, do you have the list of the other uh, winners in media? I'm really yeah, curious. Absolutely. So they, the full list of winners of uh, better things from FX FX did pretty well because Atlanta's on FX as well. Better Things. Also, Happy Valley, which is uh, from BBC One and on Netflix. Do you know these shows? Um, I, okay, I, I know the other FX show, but I have heard of it and I haven't watched it, but I haven't heard of Happy Valley. Okay, well, it's a British crime drama. So if you're, if you're into British crime dramas or into British television, you may know it. Horace and Pete. Also, Lemonade, as I said. The Forge, which is on Channel Four or Hulu, that and and this is, um, excuse me, uh, sorry, not The Forge, National Treasure. Remember, we yes, reviewed we this. reviewed National and, Treasure, so right. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we are on Peabody's radar. I think that once they heard our review of it, they're like, you know what, we need to look into this. Except, but it was really good. Remember, we were saying I oh, would oh, not be surprised. Oh, it was incredible, and I am not even kidding. I, it, I may have a slight delusion of grandeur, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the Peabody voters was like, you know what? If Kevin and Tachi are on board, I think we should be too. You know what? 
you are delusional. So <laughs> also Veep. <laughs> so that's the full list of, of uh, Peabody Award winners in um, media. So th- congrats to congrats all of you. Congrats to everyone. Wow. That's really prestigious and it's a big deal. And it's it's a big range as as well. A big range of different types of programming. So that's what now, that's just also curiosity, was was Beyonce's Lemonade, was that considered was it the video or the the short film or was it the album? No uh that's a good question. I Because you didn't guessing... I didn't hear you name any other it must have been it must have been the short film because you didn't name right. any other musical artist or any other album or anything. It was the short film, yes. And uh Childish Gambino does not count. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it must've been for the, the, they call it a visual album. So I don't know that you necessarily separate the two because of what it is, but that's probably what made it what it is, that it was a short film with the, with the music in it. And so everything in it was really original. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a visual experience. I can't think of anyone who's doing anything quite like that. That's getting any kind of, uh, uh the kind of uh platform that Beyonce has to do something this is this is a like a a uh, theme album most artists don't do any kind of concept albums anymore and to do such a uh do a concept album and then do uh imagery that's paired with it that actually you know uh plays out as one piece uh as the lemonade ex- you know i call it the lemonade experience um, it is <laughs> which makes it sound even more prestigious um, it is an experience in fact i i think i said before you know i i try not to pay for services and things i, I will know. take the free week i know you know so <laughs> i will take that free week or three three month and turn it into something fabulous so i actually subscribe to title the did the free sub uh the free what was it, a three month tri- trial just so that i could watch lemonade and probably okay because i was gonna say after. wait a minute i'm like if you wait if you were i was oh tachi i was about to get so mad i'm like wait a minute if you're gonna tell me that you're paying for title of all things and not paying for hbo i was about to lose my mind and I, <laughs> just, does okay, that even sound better. right kevin does that even sound like it makes sense <laughs> It doesn't even make sense. I could so, be honest with you. Why is anybody paying for title? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Because when I was on there, of course I went around. But I'm like, okay. So the thing is, you have some exclusives. I don't care because while these artists are all great, these are not necessarily artists that. Oh my god, I've got to. You know, I just really was hearing so much about Lemonade, and I really wanted to see it. Don't have HBO. So I couldn't watch it on HBO. So I said, guess I got to do the free trial for Tidal. See, now, if you had actually had HBO, which I can't believe anyone who loves television as much as you do, I don't know how you are able to hold your head up in in polite society not having HBO. I just don't I don't understand how you're able to leave the house without dark sunglasses and a giant hat. Oh, well, that's my my little Starbucks. Okay, so I'm able to use that money for other things. Thank you very much. <laughs> HBO, please get. You know, we're gonna have to start a Kickstarter to get <laughs> to fund Tachi's. To get her, Not a problem. To get her HBO account. Not a problem. We could do one for two years. Give, give me a, a two year subscription to HBO. Then I will gladly participate in your programming. 
Okay, because I'm telling you right now, Tachi, you're going to have to work something out or make friends with your neighbors or something because Game of Thrones is going to be on soon and we're going to need we're going to need to discuss. So you're going to have to get some binoculars and look in your neighbor's windows or something. I'm not you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) If yes, because if you were me, you would actually pay for HBO and you'd be watching it in the comfort of your own living room. You're so threatening and I am not going to uh, give you the satisfaction of addressing <laughs> those threats. I'm just going to go on to the next piece of news. Mm-hmm. But congratulations to all the Peabody winners. We're going to go through quickly because we spent so much time on what's his name that uh, we, we but that was a big piece of news. So at the, the upfront still going on. Everybody is presenting all of their programming. TV one is and you don't have TV one. I remember from no, I do not. No, in your market, for some reason, they don't have TV One. So they did their presentation a couple of days ago, and and they announced a major change in the news programming at the upfront. In the fall, the daily morning show News One Now is going to transition into Black America Today, and it's going to air for two hours live from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm guessing Roland Martin is still going to be the host of that. So it's just just a name change? uh, A name change and a... uh, extending because it's only an hour now it's from seven to eight in the morning so now it's going from seven to nine and they're trying to yeah they're trying to expand it to two hours and go beyond what they're doing right now they're going to do politics but they're also going to be doing more on personal finance fitness health business and other subjects so right now it's very political if you've ever watched roland martin on news one it's it's solely politics uh, i shouldn't say solely but mostly politics but now they're gonna make it more into they're turning it into a good morning america a good morning america exactly i was gonna say that exactly exactly or the today show they're they're trying to do that uh but so they're taking a little bit of a turn and this is the thing everybody's trying to draw in the millennials first of all i don't know too many millennials that are up at seven o'clock in the morning watching traditional tv anyway but you're definitely not going to get them if you're doing the this this type of politics it's interesting for some of us but not for them so i think it's an effort to also draw in a younger audience that millennial dollars everything and they're talking about that why because the millennials are the largest generation right now they're the ones that that all advertisers are after and upfronts and new fronts are all about what showing your products to advertisers so they'll advertise during your show they're not going to do it if they're not assured the audience they want so this is probably the big reason for the shift one of the big reasons for the shift but have they, have they announced adding any because uh, it can't all just be him they, that means if they're with rebranding it means they're going to be bringing in some new people and probably some very attractive younger women uh to be uh be co-hosting and talking about fitness and doing pieces on nutrition and stuff probably so they haven't said anything as of yet i don't know that it's solidified and you know nobody announces anything until every dime and contract is is uh, accounted for so we'll probably hear in the coming months what they're going to do with that but there's all they're also looking at crime and justice programs so they already have like some uh pro crime one crime program uh what is it called I forgot, but they have a crime program, but they're trying to do some more true crime and justice programming. They also have two new limited series, uh, sorry, a new limited series called Two Sides of the Truth, and it's co-produced by Viola Davis. Um, Also, yeah. Also, there's another one called Evidence of Innocence and then Hotlanta. 
How are you going to have Atlanta and Hotlanta? Okay. Well, anyway, so Evidence of Innocence and Hotlanta. Oh, that's, that's what it's called, Fatal Attraction. So it talks about, it's like, it's really, I've caught it by mistake one day, and you know how you can't turn? <laughs> that's what it was like. So it's like really looking at black people who have been like murderers for love, that type of thing. Okay, so, but wives with knives. There you go. Exactly. Chocolate knives with wives. <laughs> Chocolate wives with knives. Okay, Mr. O'Reilly. <laughs> and the, the big thing is The Mans. It's a reality show about uh, gospel singers, David and Tamala Mann. And if you don't know who they are, if you've ever seen any Medea movies, Tamala Mann plays Medea's daughter. And uh, David Mann plays Medea's husband. So you know them if you've ever seen any Medea movies. So they're going to have their own um, reality show. So it looks like they have, and they also have the rights to the NAACP Image Award. So it looks like they've got some stuff on tap. Good for you, TV One. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've really uh, gone on and on about the news. Shall we get into the programming? All right, it's time for uh, the review portion of our show, and this time we are breaking all the rules of TV channeling. We're doing not one review; we are giving you two reviews this week. I hope you. I should have. I should have warned you'd all be sitting down when I told you this. I hope no one was driving. And if and if you if there was an accident, we're not liable. You you can try to sue us, but you're not getting anything. You and, better have said that, Kevin. You better have as said. You may have heard. We only we only one of us doesn't even have HBO money, so you're not getting anything. You can't get blood from a turnip. You know what? <laughs> I just need you to focus on. Did you like my shake array thing? I don't know what that means. My little shake noise. That was when you said that we were uh, doing things completely different. I went yay. Yay! <laughs> All right. So we're actually going to be doing two reviews this week. And um, the reviews are going to be uh, – the first review we're going to do is about a show called Imaginary Mary. And um, if you're uh, – this is your first time listening to TV channeling. Um, how it basically works is we watch at least two episodes of every show we review. And this week is no different. So Imaginary Mary is a new show on ABC, and it's about an independent uh, woman who uh, has a career, and um, she's very much together. But when she's faced with dating a man that has children, she uh, starts to freak out and um, is having a hard time dealing with this. And so who shows up to help her deal with the challenges of dating a man that has three children? Her childhood imaginary friend, Mary. And the show stars... uh, the show stars Jenna Elfman as Alice, and the her imaginary friend uh, is animated, but it's voiced by the incredibly talented Rachel Dretch. So, Tachi, what did you think of Imaginary Mary? Remember Alf? Yes, I do. Remember that it didn't survive? Well, Alf was on for a, a good... I think Alf was on for about four, four to five seasons. Yeah, it was on for about four to five seasons. But it didn't go too long after that, and the storyline started to get thin. I don't know that I like this mix of animation and real like this. Because 
nobody else can see Mary the Fluff. What is she supposed to be? She is just an imaginary friend. She's just some some kind of little little like character that that uh, a little girl version of. Uh, of uh, Jenna Offman or Alice, her character came up with because her parents were pretty neglectful, and um, so she she needed a friend, and uh, uh, and all of a sudden her little her childhood drawing kind of came to life and was there for her when times were tough, and we see in the first episode that uh, basically when she's a teenager and is having her first sexual experience is pretty much when uh, uh, her her friend Mary, her imaginary friend Mary kind of fades away because she's an adult at that point and she doesn't need her anymore but she's called into action again uh, when faced with uh, dealing with these uh, three kids of like her uh, new boyfriends. Like she's the A-team called into action. <laughs> she's called into action. Here's, here's what have been, and I'll talk about some of the fine points of the show after here's what have been to me what would have been more clever why did she have to be a fluff thing why couldn't she be a real because there are people who have imaginary friends when they're little but they're people you know what i'm saying they're yeah, real I, I, people i think yeah I get, I get your point it could have actually had it been a, an actual actor who played her imaginary friend um but i think that would a that would they would actually have to think about how why would her imaginary friend look like this particular person and um how would they how would they work that into the story but i think that would take again you're giving them way too much <laughs> credit to even think that i think because of the, the technology today that they can so quickly with computer animation um insert the uh, mary character uh into any kind of place and do little visual sight gags uh with the character i think that they thought that would be really fun and kind of innovative or something was the thinking can you see my face? Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't see your beautiful face right now, but I can kind of feel the the, the face that you're making. <laughs> yeah, I've got this kind of duck lips thing going on. Being that it's not terrible. I think there were some cute moments in the show. I and there were some funny things like when she was skipping with the dog. You know, her her big thing is like she's this independent woman. She doesn't have kids, and so she meets this guy that went, uh, interviews for a job at her at her company, and everything just kind of falls flat because his um profile picture for what is it like married dad for like some dating website pops up and he can't get it down and so you know he doesn't get hired but he like is interested in her you could see this and he kind of is like well what's wrong with it and i guess you know from that point we meet them and they're like dating and it's already been three months so he she's asked in the second episode can uh can you pick up the kids or she offers i don't remember pick up the girl little girl from ballet so she goes and she you know she thinks she has everything together she has the snacks or whatever and they're you know walking down the street and skipping and she thought she had everything together but she's forgetting to look at the little girl and she crashes into a mailbox i was like oh damn <laughs> so there's some like little cute moments that are funny like that but you know for the most part I should say for the most part. And then there's some interesting things. The characters, I think, are interesting. The the daughter, the older son, who's like a maniac and is just very unsure of himself. And then the daughter who's like this kind of got this goth personality. 
And then, you know, the little girl is like happy and bubbly and jumpy all the time. So it's interesting what this is what it looks like they were trying to go for to me in a way. You know, the show The Middle? Yes. That kind of dynamic between the siblings. I think to me, that's what they were trying to go for, if that makes any sense. But it's not the same. Oh, God. No, it is not the same. Okay. um, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I actively do not like this show i mean i really don't like this show for a plethora a plethora of reasons it is it's everything that happens is so quintessentially a sitcom and what i mean by that is people do things that people would never do in real life I don't even mind the concept of the show, the idea that this woman is faced with a new uh, challenge and all of a sudden her imaginary friend appears and and it's kind of there to kind of help her deal with this, you know, huge life shift uh, like it like she appeared when she was a little girl and going through the, uh, the huge life shift of what was happening with her parents. I have no problem with that. But to give you an example of just the sitcominess of everything and the focus group testing of everything about the show, her job, <laughs> um, Jenna Altman's job is she is an agent for sports stars. Uh, she's uh, for athletes. And so I'm sure that when they were when they were testing this and talking and trying to sell this show to ABC, they're like, well, if we if her if her job is that that she is an agent to sports stars, not only can we have uh, guest spots where we can fill in the athlete of the month can appear on the show we can yeah. also do jokes where we imply that she um you know was dating a rod that'll be hilarious right um another thing that to me is just quintessentially sitcommy about it uh and fake is the idea that when um the man that she's dating they're dating in secret uh we see in a montage for like a like a month or so and then it's 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 decided by him it's time for her to meet his children so um when they're gonna meet for the first time how would you go about this if you're dating somebody and you're a single father are you going to have the woman you're dating come to your house so your kids can meet your new girlfriend on their turf and feel safe and secure no are you going to meet on neutral ground at a restaurant where they can meet each other for the first time yeah. No, you're no. going to basically go to her incredibly cool apartment so your children can do all kinds of things that only sitcom kids do. Spill things on her $8,000 rug, break her uh, vintage guitar. I mean, just every every stupid thing that um, his kids could have done, they destroy and break in her house upon meeting her for the very first time. And the only reason they were meeting her at her house was so they could destroy things in her house. And it's supposed, oh, it's hilarious and and rachel dredge gets to say like oh my god she's holding your fifteen thousand dollar guitar oh no she's breaking it just uh, oh my god so So clearly kevin loved it clearly he loved it (laughs) no it, it it there's way too much exposition or backstory for my liking it's it's too simplistic my thing is please 
respect the audience enough to create something that that has depth it doesn't have to you know some things are silly for silly's sake but create something that has depth this is just like so flimsy you can see through everything oh another thing that that, that to me just feels so focus tested is um you, you mentioned the episode when she's asked to uh pick up his daughter because of course he's too busy to his babe the babysitter that normally picks her up isn't available and also the uh uh, let's see there's a third uh babysitter the backup or whatever is unavailable his he's not a widower he has a uh an ex-wife we they haven't spoken to where the hell she is is she in alaska where the hell she's at but she's not available they, they, they don't even talk about her potentially picking up her daughter or any other family friends he has to talk to his girlfriend of 15 minutes and ask her to go pick <laughs> up his daughter and also he has two count them two teenage children can they go pick up their sister no, because it's going to be funny to watch Jenna Ulfman, uh haplessly pick up a, a seven-year-old girl from ballet practice. And she actually, Jenna Ulfman, a woman who's supposed to be independent and actually have a career and be running her own agency where the biggest athletes in the world pay her to help them with their career. She has to basically have a meeting with all her millennial uh, uh, underlings to ask, like, what do I do? I'm picking up a little girl from after ballet practice. Any advice? Give me tips on what to do. What do kids want? What should I do? It's like, really? Are you you have no and, and none clue? of them remember none of them were, were parents. Yes, I none of them. Had I'm not a parent either. But you know what? G- coloring book, juice box, seat belt. You're done. You're good. Fruit snacks too now. You need so the idea that this snacks. woman who is this successful is that hapless, again, if, at least if it were a baby, they could have some fun with it. Like, I don't know how to change a diaper. But no, we're talking about a seven-year-old who can actually talk. And you can actually ask her, what kind of snack would you like? What would you like to do? She can talk. She has the gift of speech. The, the fact that Jenna Ulpin was so hapless that she actually had to have a meeting with her coworkers on how to pick up a little girl from after after uh, uh, dance practice or something just seems so stupid and something that only a sitcom character would do. Well, clearly Kevin is in love with this show. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, one thing. What really is, is upsetting to me, the reason why I get them so actively angry other than the incredible stupidness of the whole thing is the fact that I like Rachel Dretch. I really do like her and the idea that she can only get work on a sitcom now as the as a disembodied of as a voice of a uh of a cartoon character is incredibly annoying. She should be the star of her own show. She should be the top build thing, but because of the kind of th- the way TV works, it's like, no, we can't do a show about Rachel Dretch. Um, anyway, so Jenna Ulfman's a star. And I don't even have anything against Jenna Ulfman. I actually like her. But the idea, this is the this is the most recent dud that Jenna Ulfman's been in. Jenna Ulfman is a funny woman. She's beautiful. She is, you know, she's a great comedian and a, and a pretty darn decent actress. But as far as picking scripts goes, the woman could not be more clueless. In fact, you know what, Jenna Ulfman? You know those same millennials you had to ask for help to how to pick up a little girl? <laughs> you need to ask them for help on picking out your next script because, girl, this sh- this thing was going to be canceled. 
ASAP. In fact, I told Tachi we needed to review this thing ASAP because I am, I'm not even sure that this show is, will even still be on once this review is put on the air. I feel badly for... Look, not everybody has the choice of what and what they cannot do. You know, not everybody is Viola Davis who can sit there and... I think I'll do. No, this doesn't speak to me. The girl needs to eat. So, you know, uh uh-uh, uh, no, uh uh-uh. uh. I will give that to Rachel Dretch. I will forgive her. Rachel Dretch has a baby and she's a single mom and she needs to feed that kid. So she's like, oh, fine, I'll be the voice of this stupid cartoon character on this show. But I'm sorry, Jenna Ulfman, uh, unless she is basically has a severe gambling problem, she still has some Darman Greg money squirreled away, unless she's been just crazy stupid with her money. So, <laughs> so she should be be able to pick some decent things she did another uh incredibly bad uh uh, show that was on cbs a few years ago where she was another incredibly dynamic successful businesswoman who um uh has like a one night stand hookup with a millennial and she gets knocked up and it's like can a woman who's like where they were vague about how old her character was but let's face it she's at least in her 40s but um that she gets pregnant and, and and can she have a kid with a a wacky millennial and his wacky millennial friends and all and her trying to figure out how to change a diaper because it's so confusing because she does wow. business and she doesn't know about this thing called youtube where you can actually watch videos on how to do anything you can watch a video on how to build a bomb you can watch a video on how to change a friggin' diaper which by the way we do not endorse <laughs> 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 well anyway i think it's time for us to ask the question tachi Change the channel. Change the channel. Are you change the channel? (laughs) Change it. Change it. In fact, if I lost the remote, it's that deep that I would get up and look for the uh, the the buttons on the TV, which you know are not visible anymore, to change the channel. Well, you need to ask me because it's it's very suspenseful. The audience is on the edge of their seat, wondering how I how I'm going to come down on this show. Clearly, clearly. So, Kevin, we're not sure, uh, but what do you think? Are you, you know going what? to keep watching? I think we're going to change the channel. Oh, <laughs> on I didn't see that coming at all. And I just so, have to say, really quickly, when you talked about the other terrible show that she was on on CBS, that sounds so refreshing and new. I've never heard of that idea. Oh, yes, I have. The movie Knocked Up. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. It was a. It was a. It was a version of Knocked Up. Was it a version of Knocked it Up? Was bit, it was no, it wasn't. Call, no, but I'm saying it was. It wasn't called Knocked Up. They were. It was trying okay. to make it seem as it was a different kind of show, but it was. You're right. It was the exact same kind of idea. But the difference. But the, no, I shouldn't say it's the exact same idea because the difference was in Knocked Up. They were in similar. They were similar ages. It wasn't like a age difference between the two main characters in that. The part of the comedy was supposed to come from. She's a Gen Xer and she's in a relationship with a millennial. And can they make this work and have a baby? And she's a business businesswoman which means of course she's never ever been around a baby before in her life apparently she was she's all the kids that she's ever seen came fully hatched and fully formed she she never was a child herself she came out of an egg so she had no clue she was completely clueless and also not only was she completely clueless but she didn't really seem to have any friends or know anybody that wasn't also a business person who wasn't completely clueless and had no idea or never knew anybody who ever had a child that sounds like fun. 
Anyway. Yeah, and it got promptly canceled. And I pr- and I predict I'm going to go out on it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think Imaginary Mary is soon to be Imaginary once again. Well, with a uh, Metacritic meta score of 39 out of 100, and then uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 26. Yeah. All right. Well, I I'm surprised it rated that high. To be honest with you, it's like somebody was, uh, you know giving somebody well, a lap dance or something to give them terrible. to get a score that high <laughs> it's not terrible but it's not my flavor yeah also. no it's it's terrible it's terrible i don't know why apparently tachi someone's gotten to you and gave me a couple of bucks is it the fact that you're afraid of jenna offman because of the whole scientology thing is she a scient? oh don't say it well, they're, they're, she, already, they're already coming for us after the <laughs> after the oh, whole, after the whole the, the other thing after the so Tom Cruise the arrangement thing. So now they're really going to be gunning for us. Oh well, this makes total sense. So she could take any rubbish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as I said before, we're doing two count them two reviews. So our second review is of the new show called The Collection. And that is on uh oh in case I I didn't say before is if anybody wants to. Uh Imaginary Mary <laughs> airs on ABC. Um may not be airing on ABC by the time you hear this, but it was airing on ABC at one time. So, you know, look for it if you are sadomasochistic. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> our next show is called The Collection, and it is available on Amazon Prime Video. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. 1947 Paris rising fashion designer uh, Paul Sabine is offered the keys to the Paris fashion kingdom when a wealthy and powerful investor asked him to help restore Paris as the uh, haute couture capital of the world after the German occupation of the city. But Paul can't uh, do it alone. He needs the help of his volatile brother, Claude, who's actually designing the clothes for the label. Paul's ambition and vision for the company is already taking a toll on his marriage. And if the truth about what he's done to control his brother is revealed, he could lose his family. But if what he did during the war comes out, he could lose everything. Okay, Tachi, what did you think of the collection? So it's interesting. I I absolutely adore fashion. I'm in the fashion world myself. I I just love it. And so when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this might be something interesting. And it's a period piece. And if a period piece is done well and has fashion in it, hey, you've got me. My thing is that it's at points, it starts off especially, it's, it's a little slow. And it it's the type of thing that you need to sit upright because if you lay down, <laughs> you're going to be out when it first starts. But then there are some interesting uh, points, like the relationship between the two brothers and the the other brother is, is younger. And th- you see this in relationships all the time between siblings. This happens where you've got the, everybody's put all the en- energy into the older one and they're tired by the time the next one comes back. So oh, they leave them to that. their own devices <laughs> and leave them to do whatever they like. So you kind of see that in terms of the the brother's relationship. But, you know, then he's integral because he's the one that designs, as you were saying. 
And there's some fantastic scenes. If you remember from the uh, first episode, which is like an hour and a half long, they had the the um, scene in the market where he's taking pictures of, of her. And there's this one scene. It's basically, you know, very... Uh, drab the, the the color is washed out it's like picture raw image or raw video where the color is very washed out it's very blue very gray and you can see that but she emerges and she's wearing this red dress and they've made a huge deal out of coloring this dress bright ruby red so that it stands out against everything well the fact that it's standing out against everything makes it makes her stand out and the villagers as i call them eventually get up and townspeople <laughs> the, 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 i'm calling them villagers because they basically wanted were marching through the streets with torches and, and pitchforks waiting to burn this girl because they uh she was like you call this work they were so upset you know basically that she was doing, and it's the war, you know, and when you think about it, there's a frivolousness to parading around and taking pictures and being a model when basically people are trying to eat and people are trying to avoid things. So there's a this ounce of frivolousness. So you understand where the anger comes from, but I'm like, come on now, don't tear the girl's dress off. Oh, no, they, to- yeah, the, the, they got really upset. But it, what, what I liked, what that scene really illustrated was the deep wounds that being an occupied country during, you know, uh, you know, wartime, they were trying to, the people are, people are still starving in the streets right. and so the the seeing this girl basically twirl around in this you know uh red dress one of the one of the uh the as villagers as you call them um <laughs> actually said do you know how many children th- that dress uh with all that fabric could clothe it could clothe how many children could be clothed in that fabric when you know people are freezing to death and starving to death um it was a slap in the face and um it was really interesting i didn't even think of that point but uh and how it must have felt to them to have the frivolousness of the fashion industry when you're coming out of such an incredibly dark time but uh there was an argument made by you know the uh the uh the brother paul uh that this is the time when we need fashion we need to try Uh and get some kind of normalcy back and 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 he felt like fashion was the key to women being able to feel like women again and men being able to feel like men again be able to like you know buy a beautiful dress for their uh wife and that he thought that was a key part of uh healing uh some of the wounds uh left by the occupation well you know and i do i do agree with that i can see on one hand you want that level of normalcy but normal for who those villagers weren't able to afford that fashion in the first place so not only uh, could i not afford it before but i even am i'm even farther away from it now and then you come in my hood, prancing your red dress against our gray rags? Well, How dare the, you? Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah the, the choice of the photographer could not have been worse. I mean, because it's one thing when they have her, like, you know, uh, when they're, it's a fashion montage, and she's, like, at uh, the Eiffel Tower, and she's, you know, twirling around, versus literally they're, 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 uh, they go to, like, a farmer's market, and it could not be a sadder uh, <laughs> these people could not be sadder. They're in tattered rags, and then she comes like 
like, you know, yes. she comes twirling around in this incredibly beautiful uh, uh, red dress. And the women, the women uh, villagers, as you call them, were not having it. And they started they started hitting her and they started like ripping the, the dress off of her. And what I love about the photographer that she's with, who seems to kind of have a crush on her, he's like working on, her, on his camera because he has an issue with the with the film or something. Yeah. And, and and they're like practically beating her to death when he finally looks up. It's just like, um, can't you hear them beating her? Do you do you have some kind of hearing problem or something? Well, it's the it's also a metaphor for the clueless American because if you yeah, think about uh, the it, photographer is an American, by the way. The photographer is an American, right? So it's that metaphor for the clueless American because when you look at at in terms of the war, what happened here? Obviously, war touched the United States. You had the bombing of Pearl Harbor, but other than that, there was no battle on continental U.S. at all, and so. The U.S., besides the Civil War, I'm not talking about the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. This is a world war, which is, which is, you know, different. They've not experienced that level of, of conflict and struggle on U.S. I so they we've not experienced it. I'm thinking in terms of movie and talking now. Yeah, no, I know. But, yeah, I love like pointing at them because I live here too. But we haven't. <laughs> All right, Tachima, get yourself deported. You better be watch what well, you say. Well, I have my passport. Anyway, <laughs> so you know we haven't experienced that level of struggle and and poverty and extreme extreme difficulty that a world war brings. But Europe was decimated twice. So it's it, it, for him. It's very easy. Oh, I got to check my thing. He doesn't have to have his eyes and ears open because he's not used to that. Especially coming from that time in America, he wasn't used to that. Well, you know what? Europeans were very used to it. To be honest with you, Tachi, I kind of blame her because when he basically said, "Like, let's go," I want to take you to the hood and photograph you, and she's like, "Oh hell no!" She should have been because she isn't just. This is her first modeling gig. She actually uh, worked as a seamstress at uh, in the fashion house, and so he just kind of caught her. uh, uh, She caught his eye, and all of a sudden now she's uh, being asked to uh, do a little bit of modeling so it's like she knows what's going down she could have said something like you know what this isn't the best place for us to be shooting okay that's true we can say that we can say that it was on her but at the end of the day eh, she did not seem like the type that stood up for her rights that much anyway so i'm not surprised that she was able to be cajoled to go into the hood with the villagers and have rotten tomatoes (laughs) thrown at her (laughs) I'm not surprised. All right. So what did you think of some of the uh, other performances? Because there is a storyline about the, uh, the not there's not only is there an age difference between the brothers, but the uh, the brother uh, uh, Claude is actually who actually does the fashion designing. Uh, I'm not going to say if this is a cliche or a stereotype, but he just happens to be gay. The one who's actually doing the designing, uh, and um, there is some tension uh, with that uh, with his brother as well as his mother, um, as far as in him, you know, wandering away and not doing the kind of work they want him to do. They want him to focus on his work and creating more designs and he uh goes out at night sometimes drinking and sometimes brings back company and uh they're not very happy about that 
Uh, no, not at all. Not in the least. Uh, but, you know, we're also talking about a very different time. We're talking about 1940s Paris and um, homosexuality. While, of course, it's it's existed since the beginning of time, it's still a very, very closeted. Never mind fashion, never mind all of that. We'll deal and put up with you insofar as you're able to give us good designs, but we really don't condone it. <laughs> so there, there's an awful... I see why he goes out and he's drinking. and There's an awful lot of pressure you know, associated with that. So it's, it's an int- it's a very interesting part of the storyline. And you know, the whole thing is, I don't necessarily think it's cliche because it seems to me that even though not fully, but that's one area and one, one, one arena where it was accepted in so far that you do what you're supposed to do, if that makes any sense. So it's not like he was going to go be, a, um, I don't know, name anything. <laughs> and and then have it be okay, have that sexuality part of be okay. This was really one besides being a performer, one of the only places where you could feel a little bit and not even free, but and not even relaxed, but less tense than you would in another field, I'm sure. Well, what did you think about the look of the show? Because they actually did shoot it on location. I thought the show looked gorgeous. And when, when she's like, uh, when they're, when there's some part of the montage and they're actually uh, shooting uh, uh, near the Eiffel Tower, because you can't, if you're going to be in Paris and you're doing some kind of fashion shoot, you better be somewhere near the Eiffel Tower. And they were actually there. It was beautiful. It beautifully shot. And, and here's the thing. I wouldn't have expected anything less. In this day and age, you cannot have a mediocre product, meaning it needs to be shot, shot like cinema. And that's exactly what they did. The, the filters, the lenses, the, uh, the different varieties in the shots, just beautiful. So it was very well shot. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. But there, one thing I have to talk about. I I don't want to give anything away because there is like a kind of a really shocking thing that happens in the first episode. But at one point, uh, uh, one of the brothers has been very badly injured and he's in the hospital and um all of a sudden he starts having these like flashes and of course he's in a hospital that where the nurses are nuns and all of a sudden it goes into this like uh kind of delirium where he's having like a fashion show he's seeing a fashion show of these like incredibly sexy nuns i look at uh, my notes are sexy fashion nuns (laughs) (laughs) that is true i was like what really yeah, they were the hottest nuns you've ever seen. So it was just the, the the look of the show is really, really interesting. It's really, really beautiful. The question is, um, is it how engaged are you after watching a couple of episodes? Now, normally, Tachi, you are the one that goes above and beyond the call of duty. So did you just watch the first two episodes? Yes. So you didn't go further because normally I can't stop you. You're always like, I watch four episodes. It's also, there's a lot there. It's very complex. You know, there's, there's a lot of different storylines. It's, it's very complex. Like I said, and the fact that you need to sit up and watch it is not because it's boring. It's, it's because there's, you need all of your energy and all of your attention. This is, this is a hot medium. You have to be able to, to watch it without doing anything else really per se in order to get the fullness of, of what it is so it, it's very complex it, that's probably that's why i didn't you know you i didn't just keep going 
Yeah, there are. I want to do. I do want to say something. There, the the main story is about the two brothers and their mother and the fashion house, but it it, it connects with other people um, uh, as well. We meet an American photographer that ends up becoming a part of uh, the company, and we also have the 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 woman who's the model. She has a backstory. I'll give this away because it happens within the first few minutes. She basically went away to visit a sick grandmother, but. Uh, we uh, soon find out that she was off having a baby and uh, giving it up uh, 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 for adoption with a, a group of nuns. And um, yes. so she comes back to be a seamstress. And now all of a sudden she's caught up and she's being a model now. And But she's still pining for her child and dealing with, uh, with that. And we still don't know who the father of her baby was. So that is yet to be determined. If nothing else, I, I do. I am interested to see who the father is. Yeah, I have my suspicions on who the father is. So it'll be interesting to find that out. And of course, there is a secret um, involving uh, the matriarch of the family who is uh, really interesting. Uh, the, her portrayal is very interesting. And um, apparently, like I said uh, in the synopsis, things kind of go awry with what uh, the uh, older brother paul does to control his uh brother claude and um uh, their mother seems to take things to the next level in trying to you know deal with the situation and so it definitely is interesting so tachi it's time for me to ask the question i ask every week so are you going to keep watching the collection or are you going to change the channel i'm, I'm torn on this one i am interested to see some loose ends be tied up so i i may watch again to to do that because it is beautifully shot and i think the story storylines are solid um but it it it's, it all is also complex so i'm i'm going to watch ten, tentatively i'll say yeah, it, one thing that about it is it's an eight-episode series, and I just read something about it. It, it has been renewed for a second season. Um, and so it, at least it's it. not a huge commitment, only watching eight episodes of it, uh, because it is very rich. Uh, the look of it, it is, is absolutely beautiful. The story is complex. These are some complex characters. And um, I think I'm I, I think I'm the same page you are. I am tentatively going to keep watching because I, I really need I, I there's one secret I need to see come out. I need I need uh, the bro I need to see the brother Claude find out uh, what's been done to control him and who's been behind it. I need to see that reaction and that showdown. That is going to be some damn good television. That's true. That's true. Cool beans. All right, Tachi. I can't believe we're at the end of another episode of TV channeling at the end of episode uh, 15. Yeah, 15, 15. This was great. We had a lot to talk about today, <laughs> clearly. And we only do it because you all listen and we so appreciate you. So Kevin is going to send us off with where you can find us on social media. All right. We are available pretty much everywhere. We are on Facebook. We are on Snapchat. We're on Instagram. And we are on Twitter. And we are known as TV Channeling everywhere tachi where can people listen to our show oh well there's a myriad of ways the easiest way is to go to 
tvchanneling.com, which takes you right to Podbean, but we're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, it would be great if you guys would subscribe. We love it when you subscribe to our podcast. Yes. And that way, whenever there's a new episode, you instantly know about it. And whenever we do specials from time to time, we do specials and you will be the first to know. So we really appreciate that. And we'd also love it if you would post a review of TV channeling. If you like what we're doing, uh, we would love for you to let the world know that you're uh, fans of our show. And if you're not a fan of our show, you've got a lot of things to do. you got a lot on your plate. You don't have time to be writing any reviews. You really don't. Because <laughs> we're that fly. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to say bye from Tachi. And bye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. Bye.